Welcome to This Is Where You Came From. I'm your host, Amber Tapley. This podcast is all about sharing stories about pregnancy, parenting, babies, and birth, about ancestral wisdom, botanical medicine, and all the threads that connect us to ourselves, this earth, and each other. These stories will show us the magic and the mundane all mixed in together. There'll be interviews with folks from all over the world, parents, healers, teachers, and learners. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to part two of Brittany's stories. This is the story of Gabe and his birth and all of the beautiful, wonderful surprises that came along with that. We also go into uh, talking about Brittany's postpartum period uh, and some of the kind of deep soul work that has come along with becoming a parent and wanting to kind of be the best person that we can be for our children, uh, which I think is a really relevant and important conversation to have. And I hope that uh, if you haven't already had these conversations with the people around you, then I hope you do. So enjoy this episode. It is a wonderful story. I'm totally biased because I got to be there and witness his birth, Uh, but it was amazing. And I hope you enjoy. Along with COVID came, um, you can only have one support person in the room. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh my God, I can no longer have my doula. And also they were not um, permitting the gas mask for a period of time there. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, okay, so I don't have my doula. I don't have the nitrous oxide. My Mm -hmm. pain management is going to have to be my own self and my husband like coaching Mm -hmm. me through. Um, and either an epidural or narcotics or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was scared. I have to be honest. I was, mm-hmm. I was really afraid of not having the nitrous oxide and not having you as my doula to coach me through. But, um, I do, uh, have, I guess, faith or belief in a greater plan. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm just, I'm going to surrender in a healthy way to whatever is going to happen and know mm-hmm. that, um, my journey is my journey. I'm going to get mm. through it no matter what. It's going to be okay. Um, and lo and behold, by the time I went into labor in July, mm-hmm. um, the uh, two support people were permitted back in. So I had you and my husband. So thank mm-hmm. goodness. And um, the gas mask was back. So I was so, so elated that, mm-hmm. um, that I was going to be able to have those things, which was truly amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I was I was really nervous I didn't like I know a lot of mothers um a lot of a lot of birthing people had to experience Mm -hmm. oh less than ideal situations when they were in labor because of the time that they went into labor was you know during the lockdown Mm -hmm. locally and there were so many so many things that they could not have that they wanted and I my heart goes out to those uh those people and the ones who are still experiencing that now based on where they are yeah. in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can only imagine. I've, I've seen some videos of uh, laboring people having to wear masks in yeah. labor. And I just, I can't even imagine. And my heart really goes out to, to all of those mm. people. It's a really a tough time for everybody, but definitely yeah. a tough time to, to, to give birth in. Mm-hmm. Um. So I remember, um, 
I went into my doctor just a regular, regular checkup. I think mm-hmm. I was around 39 weeks and four days or so. And we were talking about induction. And I said, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's go for it at the end of the week. This was a Monday at the end of the week. Let's have mm-hmm. me in for in, in, induction. Um, I didn't really want it, but, um, but they were, they were kind of encouraging it. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll surrender to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was in that appointment, I remember his heart rate was lower. Um, he had been on the, the low end of normal throughout the entire pregnancy. And mm-hmm. I, I say he now, because I know it was a, he at that point, I actually would have bet hundreds of thousands of dollars that there was a, a baby girl in my belly. All of us were so <laughs> convinced it was a girl. Oh my God. All of the most intuitive people in my life, like you, my mother, other friends, all of the intuitives were like, this so like sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I had dreams that it was a girl and anyway, well, yep. yeah, that was a huge shock, but it was, yeah. Um, yeah, but that, so that's a, a small tangent, but in, in the doctor's office, the heart rate was even lower than his normal low. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor said, let's, you know, after this appointment, just go to labor and delivery or yeah, in the hospital, um, just get them to hook you up and, and get them to check out baby and make sure that everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, would you like to have a membrane sweep? And I thought, yeah, sure. I know that sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. If your body is, you know, mm-hmm. close on its own, it might get things started. So I thought, yeah, okay, let's do it. And while she was <laughs> doing the regular membrane sweep, she said, oops. oops. <laughs> and I said, okay, <laughs> you're in there. And oops is not a word I want to hear right now. <laughs> she said, I think I just broke your waters. Um, I heard, a, or I felt a, I felt a pop. Uh, they must've been quite close uh, to breaking on their own. Um, Cause she didn't even get a chance to like do the sweep mm-hmm. and there went the waters. So if you'll recall my three goals, that was one of the three goals was wait for the waters to break on their own. So baby has mm-hmm. the ability to, yeah, to position himself the way that he wants to. So when that happened, my logical brain kicked in first. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, um, I'm going to need a pad to get out of here and I'll go to the hospital and I'm now on the clock. So baby has to be born within, I think it's 24 hours or whatever it was. Um, so logical brain was like, got this, we're good. Mm-hmm. I get in the car, I'm driving to the hospital. <laughs> Logic goes out the window and I start to panic. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my God, the waters are broken. He's going to get stuck again. He's going to be mm-hmm. like, <laughs> he won't be able to descend properly. This and that and the other thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I was spiraling emotionally. It was not a good place, but I mm-hmm. got to the hospital. They hooked me up. The good news was that um, his heart rate was was kind of low but it was still within the normal Mm -hmm. range and all of his other like vitals or whatever they check were perfectly fine they're like your baby's healthy you Mm -hmm. are you're good um and I started crying Mm -hmm. and they were like what's wrong and I was like I just didn't want my waters to be broken and they're Mm -hmm. like oh okay as in like there's nothing that they can really do for me to help me at that point I was like it's fine Mm-hmm. everything's fine. I will, I will get through this. Um, and I had to, again, surrender. I said, you know, this is, this is the journey that I'm on. So I'm just going to work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, luckily the nurses let me, um, go home. Labor had not started. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, I live very close to the hospital. 
So um, they said, if you want to, you can go home. And then when labor starts, um, you can come back if you want to. And I said, I definitely want to. mostly because I wanted uh, to have my mom with me. So Mm -hmm. I knew that the hospital would only permit you and my husband. Um, And I knew that my mother wouldn't be allowed in with me this time. So my option to have her with me would be to labor at home as long Mm -hmm. as I, as long as I could. So um, they let me go home. The first person I called was uh, my mom to tell her to come over and, you know, be with me even though labor hadn't started because I knew it would probably start, um, start soon then I called you to let you know what happened um Mm -hmm. and it started pretty quickly um Mm -hmm. I think that was around like 3 p.m or so that that she broke my waters accidentally Mm -hmm. and I think labor started at like 4 30 or 4 45 and uh it it started quite intense Mm -hmm. um yeah I remember um feeling like like this baby is going to come fast like I felt like Mm -hmm. it was yeah I wouldn't make it till morning I was like I think it's gonna come I think Mm -hmm. this baby is gonna come you know maybe even before midnight um we also had to call childcare for Peter Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you know Mm -hmm. he's he's in this house and we both Mike and I were gonna be going to the hospital so um we called Mike's brother and I remember during you know, during the early phase of labor, I had my mom with me and I had you with me and we were doing, I think a really great job, um, Mm -hmm. in the house. And it was, it was nice. And I remember Mike, like thinking that Mike would be there with us too, but he Mm -hmm. was mostly with Peter and Mm -hmm. with his brother who was watching Peter. Um, because I remember whenever Peter was near me, he wasn't, afraid but he was concerned whenever I had a contraction he wanted mm-hmm. to come and hug me yeah and I was afraid that if I had hugged him I would have squeezed the life <laughs> right out of him <laughs> because the contractions were so intense um so uh he would come up and come up from the basement from his toy mm-hmm. room and give me a kiss every now and again and that was really really nice it reminded me that the pain that I'm feeling is for the greatest reason like Mm -hmm. it's like as I held Peter I thought I'm getting another one of these like this is truly an amazing experience even though it was very very overwhelming Mm -hmm. um yeah and I feel like I feel like this time um I was so much more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and confident I feel like at each stage, I knew exactly what to do. I knew to walk. Mm-hmm. I knew to get into squatting positions, lunging positions, mm-hmm. um, lean forward and rock and breathe through it. And even mm-hmm. though it, it started faster and more intense than my first um, labor, I was more confident mm-hmm. in it, which was amazing. Um, and I was, you know, working working with gravity. I don't even, don't know if I got into a reclined position at all the entire labor (laughs) yeah I don't know like you were standing you were swaying you used the birth stool for a while like you were Mm kind of leaning for I remember we were in I don't know if it was the baby if it was the nursery I remember sitting on the floor with you and like there was a I think there was a crib in there so it must have been Gabe's room and um and you were kind of leaning forward and then I remember Peter coming in I was giving him juice boxes and (laughs) (laughs) 
feeding him snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Um, and I remember, I remember before, like when you arrived, I felt uh, like calm, comforted at peace. Um, having my mom there was, was amazing because she's my mom, because I have a wonderful relationship with her. Mm -hmm. I'm so, so comfortable with her. But when you walked into that room, I thought, okay, the professional has arrived. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it was another, a whole other level of comfort and confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was so much better because I feel like you and I have grown this great mm-hmm. friendship in between the two births as yeah. well. So not only were you the professional that I needed, but you were the the comforting friend that I needed mm-hmm. too. Um, and yeah, it was just this overwhelming sense of peace of like, okay, mm-hmm. I can do this with this amazing team surrounding mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was really great. And yeah, I was just so grateful uh, to have you there and to have the ability to labor at home. I know mm-hmm. that's that's a thing also that a lot of people want and and don't have the ability to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I felt I felt comfortable doing it because I was so close totally. to the hospital. Like I look yep. out my front window and I can see the hospital, yep. like the front yep. doors. So, um, so I felt comfortable staying in my home until you know, until contractions got so overwhelming that I couldn't, mm-hmm. that I, that I kind of was like, let's try that gas mask guys yeah. let's go to the hospital and, <laughs> and try putting that on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I remember like you did so many, so, so many helpful things, but one of the most comforting things was when a contraction would come and I was standing upright and leaning forward mm-hmm. and like, I laid my, ch- my head on like your collarbone shoulder area and just held onto your shoulders and you felt like the strongest, oh, the strongest, like, like I was hugging an oak tree. I was like, she will, this is unwavering strength. And I could like put all of my weight onto her right now. And she has got me in her hands. Do you know what I mean? Like emotionally Mm -hmm. and physically, it was, it was very, very helpful. And uh, yeah, the time eventually came that I was like, we got to go to the hospital. I can't remember Mm -hmm. what time that was I think it was about 9 30 p.m or so yeah I don't know I think Peter was still awake or maybe yeah I don't I don't oh remember. we were struggling to get him into bed I forgot about yes. that his bedtime he didn't was like 7 30 yeah yep. <laughs> 7 30 and we were trying for two hours to get him to bed so it was 9 30 yeah yeah it was 9 30 and I remember saying to Mike I think he's resisting because I'm still here like yep. I'm just gonna go you put him to bed and then mm-hmm. um or Mark his brother put him to bed. Yeah. Um, and then, so we left and turned out he went to bed immediately after we left. We, he was yeah. just distracted by us. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got to the hospital, um, had to do like the COVID screening at the front door. I couldn't answer the questions. Mm-hmm. I was contraction after contraction. It was very intense. I mm-hmm. think, I feel like I had about 10 contractions from front door up to the yeah. L and D. Um, it was just, it was pretty constant. And, uh, so I, I think I hopped up onto the bed to get like hooked up to the monitor and get checked. And I was, I think they said I was around seven or eight centimeters at that point. Oh, like yeah. I was, yeah, yeah I was pretty close to like the transition phase, mm-hmm. um, which was my number one fear mm-hmm. in between the two labors, because with Peter's labor, I had the epidural, so I couldn't feel anything. Yep. I felt up until about seven centimeters, but I kept asking you and asking people, what does transition feel like? Like, what exactly am I going to feel? How am I going to get through it? How am I going Mm -hmm. to survive this? 
um, cause it is the most intense phase and I've, I've never truly felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, was really nervous for that, but it turns out when we got to the hospital, I was, I was pretty much, it's pretty yeah. much there. Um, and I remember, um, after they checked me, I thought to myself, I'm laying on my back. I was like, I got to get off my back. No mm-hmm. recline position. I got to get on the floor. I got to walk. I got to sit on, on the birth ball. And I did just that. I sat on the ball mm-hmm. and oh my God, it felt like, it felt like all of the bones of like my hip and pelvic region mm-hmm. were shattering into dust <laughs> and they would cease to ever exist again. I felt like mm-hmm. I would never again have pelvic bones. Like that's, mm-hmm. I, I guess that was the feeling probably of him engaging, yeah. um, descending and engaging. And I stayed on that birth ball as long as I could. Mm-hmm. And I remember during like that must have been transition mm-hmm. because I remember there were two exceptionally intense moments. Mm-hmm. One was on the ball and one was afterwards when I got back up onto the bed mm-hmm. where I forgot my strength. I started to panic. I was overcome with fear. I was overtaken by the feeling of the contractions because there wasn't much of a break in between. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at you and looking into your eyes and saying, I am so scared. I am so scared. And I remember you asking me, what are you scared of? And I didn't even know. I think I was just scared of, of the feeling. Like it was so, it was so intense, but you reminded me of my strength your like your powerfully uplifting messages. And I don't even remember exactly what your words were, but they really went directly into my heart and into my soul and reminded me, you don't have to be afraid of this. It is your own body doing this. Mm -hmm. You have the strength because this is you. Mm -hmm. And you really brought me back to, to my center um, back to a state of, of calm confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, in those moments when I felt overtaken by fear, you really reminded me of the strength that I had within me and, and brought me back. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was absolutely vital. I don't know how I would have survived those two exceptional moments Mm -hmm. without having you coach me through them. Mm -hmm. It was exactly, what I needed so I could focus on the task at hand again. And I remember the monitor, like the belly monitor mm-hmm. being the most annoying thing in my entire life. It was sliding all over the place. Mm-hmm. There was like gel on my belly. They were trying to reposition it. I was having contraction after contraction. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think the doctor was in the room at that time, but I remember saying, take this thing off me now. Like mm-hmm. now I need this off me. And I was about to rip it off myself. Mm-hmm. And I think the doctor said, well, we do have to keep monitoring him, but we can monitor him internally. And I looked at her and I said, you mean like inside? <laughs> She's like, that's what internally means. Like we're, we're going to connect it to his head. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's an option. So you'd have to get back up onto the bed. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I'll go back up onto the bed for like a second yep. to get this monitor off me. And then I'm, I'm jumping back on this ball. I don't want to be on that bed. Yep. Anyway, so I did that, got the monitor hooked up. She's like, okay, the monitor's hooked up. You're good. You can get back down. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I felt it's almost like the contractions had stopped or yep. slowed significantly for a period of time there. Mm-hmm. And then when they came back, they weren't as intense. And the most amazing thing happened. My stomach tensed, my legs curled up, my shoulders curled in, and my mm-hmm. <laughs> this like animal yell went up into the ceiling. And mm-hmm. I like I now know my body was instinctively pushing. Mm-hmm. It was not a conscious choice because uh, yeah. I wanted to get back off the table. Mm-hmm. But there I was lying on my back in the position I didn't want to deliver in, but that's yep. okay. Um, and my body was pushing. And I mm-hmm. looked at the nurse and I still had the nitrous oxide mask in my hand. I looked at the nurse and I said, what was that? And she said, I think you're, I think you're pushing. We have to bring the doctor back in to check you. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor came back in and she's like, you are at 10 centimeters and your body is pushing. So it's go time. You have to get rid of that, get rid of that gas mask. And I said, um, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do like one more, like easy, like quote unquote, yep. easy contraction mm-hmm. with the gas mask. And I'm not going to push right now. And mm-hmm. the look on the doctor's face was like, <laughs> oh, woman, like rolled her eyes at me. I'm pretty sure. Um, but she let me have that one more contraction. And then when I pushed this time, it's almost like I was working with my body. I knew exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just, yeah, it was so, it was so different. It, it yeah. Mm-hmm. The only, the only part that was, that was really challenging mm-hmm. was that I had to hold my own legs. So I had, you know, my mm-hmm. arms wrapped behind my knees. Yeah. Um, so that was really strenuous on my upper body, but I know mm-hmm. it probably, I don't know if it put, put my pelvis into like a more optimal position, but anyway, I remember that being very, very, <laughs> very challenging. I remember thinking, thank goodness I've got like strong upper body. Yeah. Right now because, yep. Cause I got, big legs and <laughs> they're not easy to hold. <laughs> um, and I remember another thing that was difficult was with each push, I wanted to yell. Mm-hmm. Yelling felt really, really good to me. Yep. Um, but the, the doctor said it was a, I think she said it's a waste of your power. I believe mm-hmm. like it's, it's better if you can, like, if you can focus it all into the push instead of, instead of yelling. Mm-hmm. That's, I really wanted to though. <laughs> it's something that I wholeheartedly disagree with. And I, anyway, um, I hope that changes. Cause the same thing happened to me with both of mine where I'm like, oh no, I'm going to like roar this baby out. And, um, I think it is very possible to push your baby out without holding your breath and bearing down like you're pooping. I mean, you're going to bear down, but yeah. I think we can yeah, use that's our a good word. That's yeah. a good word. Roar. Cause it wasn't necessarily a yell it definitely yeah. was a roar it was yeah. like confident I am yeah. doing this it wasn't a yell of fear or a yell of anger exactly. or it was like the best 
Yes. And it feels so good. Right. It does. I remember like it to me, I was like, no, this is helping me. And they're like, no, no, it's not. I'm like, it is. I'm telling you. (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, I, another thing I remember the doctor saying, and in the moment I was like, what the F does that mean? I'm going to, I'm not going to focus on that. I don't know what it means, but she said, keep going. You're so close. He's rotating on descent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, WTF? <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. I also don't care what that means. I'm just going to keep pushing. Um, but like, so Google the cardinal <laughs> movements of labor and you'll see exactly what she meant. Okay, good. I thought like in the moment I was like, so is the OP and he's like, just like Peter was <laughs> and he's rotating to the right way. Like anyway, so I guess like his head was down so far that she could feel that mm-hmm. he was doing yeah, the movements. They do like a cool to, little rotation to, to when get they're getting close. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's, yeah. Like it felt like she was cheering me on. Like, yeah, close. keep yep. going. Here's yep. the reason, but the reason didn't make sense to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and the moment when, so throughout the entire like labor and mm-hmm. even throughout the whole pushing, I always had in the back of my mind, but we might still have to go to the OR because mm-hmm. I've gotten this far with Peter and had to go to the OR. So mm-hmm. I still might not have the V back, but I'm still giving it my all. Mm-hmm. And the moment when I knew I didn't have to go to the OR <laughs> was mm-hmm. when I felt they call it the ring of fire, but mm-hmm. I, I swear it felt like a blowtorch <laughs> to the entire nethers. It was not a ring. It was like everything was on fire. Um, and it, yeah, it was painful, but mm-hmm. it was something to celebrate because I had never felt that before. And I knew, okay, this is the moment. This is what I did not get to experience with Peter. Mm-hmm. While this does hurt, this is exactly what I've wanted, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, um, it was an, it was an amazing pain. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to explain. It's very hard to explain, but it was a motivating, uh, feeling. And Mm -hmm. then not long after he was born and it was the biggest sense of relief, like physical Mm -hmm. feeling of relief when he was born and emotional, like, Oh my God, I, I did it. You Mm -hmm. know, I was so proud of myself and so happy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was in such shock yeah. because for some reason, despite all of my research, I, I had myself convinced that mm-hmm. a baby could not possibly emerge through my pelvis. I was like, mm-hmm. I just have one of those pelvises that like a baby can't, can't exit yeah. through. And I don't know why I had myself convinced of that, um, but that's where I was. And when I looked at the baby in the doctor's arms, I thought, oh my God, mm-hmm. there it is. It, it it came out, and we didn't need to go to the OR. I was just absolutely floored. Like I'm sure you recall the shock on my face. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just overwhelmed. And then the second shock, as I briefly touched on before, doctor says it's a boy, and I thought I cannot process those two extreme shocks at one time. Mm-hmm. I cannot like my my logical brain cannot handle the level of shock I'm experiencing right now. Like (laughs) what, what it's a boy. Like, no, I did not know that. I was so Mm -hmm. like, I think I even said, show me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Show me, like, <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's definitely a boy. Okay. <laughs> this is Gabriel. Yep. Um, yeah. So he, I don't remember like the order of things after that, whether I think he was placed on my chest mm-hmm. and then I, you know, birthed the placenta. I know Mike cut the cord, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty cool that he got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gabe was, you know, wiped down and weighed. And it was just, I think I spent that entire, like, I don't know how long he was on my chest. They say the golden hour, but I don't know if I was there for an hour, but the entire time I was still just reveling in, oh my God, I did it. And mm-hmm. oh my God, I have two sons. Like I thought I was, mm-hmm. I thought I had a son and a daughter. I have two sons. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. And he was born at 1140 PM. So when I said mm-hmm. back at like five or 6 PM, oh, this kid is coming fast. I knew he would be born before mm-hmm. midnight and, and he was, yep. and, um, I remember he had the biggest, most curious eyes. He was looking into my eyes and like looking at, I don't know what he could see at fresh birth, but he was like looking at the lights around the room. Mm -hmm. His eyes were wide open and he wasn't crying. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, I was like, oh, I can sense a level of chill in you that I have never known in my life. He is such (laughs) a chill little boy. Um, yeah. And it was such a different experience. Um, I remember also, um, I, my, um, I think my uterus didn't start to contract, um, back, uh, down right away or quickly Mm -hmm. enough. And I had a lot of blood clots that had to pass. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember the doctor massaging, (laughs) massaging my belly (laughs) and it's not a pleasant massage. Um, but I knew it was medically necessary for sure to get those clots out. It was super uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I just kept looking into Gabriel's eyes because he was still on my chest and thinking if I could get through labor and delivery with Mm -hmm. no epidural massage, those (laughs) massage, those blood clots out, that's fine. We got this. Um, and I had to be hooked up to the Pitocin drip just because, um, my uterus was not contracting. So again, like I didn't really want, um, Mm didn't really want that but again I was like you know what yes let's do this because I'd rather uh be hooked up to the drip than um Mm -hmm. to have more clots in there so I was monitored over the next day and a half for um for more clots in my hemoglobin levels just because of the blood loss um but uh Gabe was 100% happy and healthy and very chill little dude in hindsight, like, like I said, Peter had a lazy latch. Gabe just latched on right, right away. away. I didn't need any help. I didn't mm-hmm. even need to like guide him there. He was like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> yep. Latched on. I got this. Um, and I remember also in the hospital looking into the mirror, like into the mirror in my little bathroom in the room there and seeing there's a name for it. I forget what it is. Purple spots all over shoulder to shoulder across my chest, Mm -hmm. across my back, up my neck and all over my face from, from pushing, from the straining, from pushing. Um, and I had a big bruise across the bridge of my nose, um, from holding the gas mask on so hard and like (laughs) huffing the gas out of that mask so hard. And I had this big bruise across my nose but I remember looking into my own eyes in that mirror, despite looking so tired and so frazzled and my eyes were calm. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like so proud of myself for that hard work 
that mm-hmm. I did. Um, and it was just, yeah, yeah. It was a really amazing feeling like, mm-hmm. like that I, that I did it. Um, and recovery was so much faster, mm-hmm. um, physically like five to six days or so versus, um, with the section, it was about two to three weeks before mm-hmm. I could really, you know, feel myself again. Mm-hmm. I did despise the sits baths. I know a lot of people. I know. Yeah. Them. Yeah. I remember you <laughs> but, hated them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like even, <laughs> even like five to 10 minutes of them felt mm-hmm. like this really deep, deep muscle ache. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very unpleasant, but I still did it for, I think two weeks or so. Um, mm-hmm. because I wanted, you know, I wanted the recovery. I wanted to speed up the the healing. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> so many people love it. They call it a spa day, you know? And I thought, wow, right. I don't, I would <laughs> never go to a spa like that. No, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was amazing to, um, to have such a, a quick recovery and to not have like emotional scars for lack of a better word, yeah. um, that I had with Peter. So like, mm-hmm. that was just my, my journey this time around was to not have those emotional scars and to mm-hmm. just surrender to the journey that is Gabriel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that was, that's Gabe's story. Um, and when I got him home, Peter has been such a great big brother. He is so rough. Like mm-hmm. he is so rough with Gabe that I, I look forward to the day that Gabe is old enough to, <laughs> to get, get him back <laughs> to fight for himself. Cause he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a tough little dude. Peter is, but, um, the biggest challenge for me was getting used to mothering two children. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like my heart had grown to mm-hmm. twice its size, but also my heart was being split in two. Yeah. And that ached so badly because I needed to be with Gabriel all the time because he was so new and needed me. Yep. But then Peter was only three. So he yep. still has quite like I still have to feed him and mm-hmm. you know needs a bit of entertainment he could do playtime on his own for a bit but mm-hmm. and he and he wanted to play with the baby and hold the baby and it was just it was a lot um to mother to children mm-hmm. and I didn't um I don't think I transitioned into it very smoothly like it was a rocky journey for probably like three the first three months or so it was really mm-hmm. tough and there were a lot of quote-unquote growth opportunities for me where yeah. I was triggered and um I cried a lot. Um, mm. I had a lot of, a lot of really tough moments, um, transitioning into like growing into a mother of two. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I felt, uh, what I felt was what came to me was that mom guilt is yeah. a term that's used so much. It's almost like, to me, it's almost lost meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I had, Gabe home and I had the two of them, I realized that guilt wears many hats. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you you don't just, you don't just feel guilty because you're sitting a kid in front of a television while you're putting your baby down for a nap. Um, Guilt like roared its ugly head with me when if I, uh, you know, if Gabriel was crying instead of, instead of falling asleep on me, like if he was crying Mm -hmm. for a nap, while I was trying to hold him and get him to sleep, the guilt would say to me, what kind of a mother are you if your cuddles don't even comfort your child? 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's necessarily guilt, but there were a lot of negative thoughts like that. And I just felt like, like guilt can wear a lot of different hats and it can mm-hmm. disguise itself in a lot of different ways. And I really had to learn to let go of that inner critic, that voice that mm-hmm. was telling me that I wasn't enough mm-hmm. because it was so loud and it was so mean and it was relentless. Mm-hmm. And I found what helped a lot um, was my husband saw me one day in a room with Gabriel crying, just really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. And he said, in the most loving way, he said, I think, I think that you should get help. And like that can be taken the wrong way and it can, it can stir up defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw the love in his eyes and he was really worried for me, mm-hmm. I think. And I reached out to, um, to you and to my mom mm-hmm. and um, you recommended um, Olivia Scobie based in Toronto. And she has been so, so amazing helping me to reframe those most difficult moments that mm-hmm. I was experiencing and just having somebody to talk things through mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, those feelings are tough, but they're normal and they're common and you're not alone in this and seeing it from a different perspective, you know, um, she's been so, so helpful um, and so amazing I've grown leaps and bounds since getting to know Gabriel and since Mm. mothering two sons and working with those, I call them triggering moments, like when Mm. emotions run exceptionally high, um, why am I being triggered? You know, how can I grow? There have been so many growth opportunities. um, And with each one, I find that growth is more difficult committing to growth mm-hmm. is more difficult in the short term because you really yes. have to let go of parts of yourself that are so ingrained within you mm-hmm. um it's so tough but if you choose not to grow and if you choose to hold on to those bits and pieces of yourself that don't serve you i feel mm-hmm. like it's tougher in the long run because Absolutely. you will keep running into those triggering situations mm-hmm. endlessly until you really do some deep soul diving to figure yeah. out why, why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. So working with um, like my mom and my husband and with, um, with Olivia has really helped me um, to grow into a better version of myself. And I know I continue to grow. I'm only 30 something. I always forget mm-hmm. how old I am. Um, <laughs> I, early 30s somewhere. Ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I have many, many years and decades ahead of me full of growth opportunities. And I welcome them all because I really want to dedicate myself to growing into my highest and most conscious self so that I yeah. can serve my children to the absolute best throughout their mm-hmm. entire life, no matter how old they are. Um, and so, so I compare conscious which book that I had read before I had kids just parenting mm-hmm. and I'm I don't know how to pronounce her name but Shefali Sabari am I saying that right do you know I think so yeah Dr. Shefali yes is it conscious parenting or okay yes conscious parenting yeah so I read that while I was pregnant with Peter mm-hmm. and um I have had to refer to it multiple times since having both boys, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really, truly amazing read and it has helped me. It has helped me Mm. so much um, because I want to be a conscious parent. I want to um, 
respond to each of their each of their needs instead of react from mm-hmm. a place of unconsciousness. Um, and I think that involves a lot of deep soul diving and a lot of growth into to become your, you know, your highest and your best self. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's been an amazing journey um, having, you know, both pregnancies, labors, mm-hmm. deliveries, both births both boys, they're so, Mm -hmm. so different in so many ways. And they, they have brought to me endless, um, growth opportunities. And it's been such a great journey, really. It's been amazing. It's been amazing to watch too. And I, I, I mean, obviously I love you because we're friends, so I'm biased, but (laughs) to kind of see you like tackle these things head on and with, you know, like even with the fear and the discomfort that comes with growth, like you're just like, well, no, I'm going to do it. And I, sometimes I see this meme kind of circulating where it's like, let that shit go. And then it's crossed out. It says, no, feel that shit, like heal that shit and then let it go. And I think that, that the way that you're choosing to live and parent is, is an excellent example of that. Yes, we can just like push things down and push things down and and hope that they'll go away, but they won't, they'll keep coming up and coming up and coming up. And, and the courage that it takes to face that is immense and it's hard and it's messy and it is uncomfortable and you're doing it anyway. And that's incredible and inspiring. And I'm just so grateful that you're here and you're sharing your wisdom because I think your stories are just, they're beautiful and they're, they're real and genuine and amazing. Well, thank you. I have to say you are one of my um, most inspirational people when it comes to conscious parenting. Um, I know that you do such an amazing job with with both of your beautiful children as well. And yeah, it is it is tough because to react is so much quicker and easier, but it can cause emotional scarring, Um, you know, if if done intensely. And I just want to say that I fail every single day at being the parent that I want to be like every single day. I'm like, fuck, I screwed up again because I'm still learning. But I tell my kids, you know, with honesty and transparency, like I'm still learning and I'm going to mess up. And I'm so sorry when I do, and I'll try to do better. And that's all I can ask of you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think that's important too, for them to see, um, you owning up to, something you know like this is what I did what I would have rather have done yes is this so next time I'll try better for you you know I think that's important yeah. too and yeah. one of the biggest things I found um when I'm experiencing a you know a trigger mo- a moment I guess um mm-hmm. when I want to react instead of mm-hmm. respond is when I try to like you said let that shit go if you try to not feel it and just say almost trivialize it like Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't need to feel that guilt. You don't need to feel that anger. You don't need to feel that sadness. Let it go. If you trivialize it, mm-hmm. it almost, it's like fueling the fire. Yeah. The feelings I feel, mm-hmm. um, come back stronger. You know, it's like, yep. no, don't just, you know, don't just ignore this feeling mm-hmm. because it will keep coming back. You have to sit with it, Yeah, sit with it and allow it to be felt in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it only takes a few minutes, you know, to yep. sit with the feeling. Um, I find it's best to sit with the feeling alone, no other humans <laughs> around me and just, yep. you know, curse <laughs> if I need to curse or, um, say what I need to say, um, mm. in that moment. But if it's not felt through thoroughly, I feel mm. like it truly, it won't, it won't go away. It needs to be felt. It needs to be 
justified, validated, yeah. and honored. Really. Yes, yes. And it's so painful. It's like so feeling all those feelings is so painful. But then once you do honor them, mm-hmm. they're gone. And it's yeah. a relief. It's yep. such a relief. And it's so quick, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's an amazing journey dedicated to to conscious response. Yeah. 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 <sighs> well, I love you. Um, I love you thank too. you so much, so, so much for sharing your stories. And I can't wait to let other people hear your stories because I think Thanks, they'll Amber. get a lot. Thank you. I love you. I'm going to let you go now. Have okay. a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I am so happy that you enjoyed these stories and I really hope that you'll tune in next week for an episode with a birthing person in Ecuador, one of my uh, oldest friends from university who I fucking love so much and catching up with her was an incredible joy for so many reasons. Um, Hearing her birth stories, of course, was amazing. And also we (laughs) went deep into talking about the state of maternal care in Ecuador, um, which is really messed up. So uh, yeah, tune in for that episode because it's, uh, two great birth stories and, uh, a wonderful discussion around kind of the state of, of maternal health care now and, and some things that we think might be, uh, helpful for the future. So tune in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending some time with us. Um, as always like share these episodes, if you really love them, follow, subscribe, do whatever you do so that we can um, get this podcast out to the people who need to hear it. Have an awesome week and I will be back with you next week. Thank you so much for joining me on This Is Where You Came From. Check in every week for a new episode with different guests. There will be birth professionals. There will be people who are taking their dreams and making them into a reality. Uh, People who are working to shift our cultural narratives and to really make the world a better place. So I really hope that you find these conversations as inspiring and wonderful as I do, and that you can feel the sense of connection that we are working on cultivating. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for being here. Please share with your friends if you find these conversations um, helpful to you in any way. And please follow us on Spotify and wherever else you find your podcasts. You can give us a follow on Instagram at this is where you came from. And I look forward to further conversations. So enjoy, enjoy this time and we'll see you next week.